Welcome to our next episode on Dialogi Patristica, the podcast of the Center for Ancient Christian Studies. So in this episode, Coleman Ford and myself, Sean Wilhite, sit down with Professor Ben Blackwell of Houston Baptist University, really to discuss some of his interests uh, in the New Testament, some on patristic theology and other various topics. And so we hope you enjoy this discussion. We're here at the annual meeting of the Society of Biblical Literature in Atlanta, Georgia, 2015. Uh, and today we have uh, Dr. Ben Blackwell. Uh, ben is a assistant professor of Christian studies at Houston Baptist University, uh, writing on topics of early Christianity, biblical studies, and patristics. And so uh, we're really glad to have you with us today, Ben. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Ben, if, if you don't mind, if we can just start off maybe something personal. Um, kind of who influenced you into this field? Like, how did you stumble into the field of early Christianity, patristics, maybe key thinkers, key writers? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, I did my seminary work at Dallas Theological Seminary, and Jeff Bingham was the by far and away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did biblical languages as an undergrad at Washita Baptist, and... Loved it. That's why I went to DTS, was for Dan Wallace and more biblical languages stuff. And um, as I got there, my first semester, I ended up taking a church history class that they usually didn't have people take, like in the schedule, until your second or third year. And um, just got sucked in. Uh, there's another guy, Kent Burgess, who was there at the time. Uh, is a systematics guy. And just the combination of the kind of the intro to theology class and the church history just you know, just a world of Trinitarianism and um, just early Christian writing and, you know, how do people navigate their time and uh, uh, early Christian, you know, uh, Greco-Roman world and stuff like that, which is really interesting. So, Yeah, and you also went to Durham University, wrote a little bit, uh, your dissertation I believe was on theosis yes. and the concept there. Maybe, maybe elaborate on your time at Durham. Okay. And kind of how you flourished there as a thinker, as a person, and you ended up uh, being able to produce something at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. So when um, school-wise, so I did my master's dissertation at DTS on Maximus the Confessor, who's seventh-century guy um, on deification or theosis, uh, under the influence of Dr. Bingham there at DTS. And um, when I was looking at doctoral topics uh, in the UK you had to have your proposal before you even start the program and uh, pragmatics told me that as an evangelical looking just at other schools around there's say 10 times the number of Bible faculty to theology faculty in general and so pragmatics told me I needed to do something related to the Bible for a doctoral degree uh, study and uh, so I had the kind of naive thing, well, can I take the theosis question from the patristic side and wet it with something from the biblical side, which uh, uh, happened to work out quite well, uh, could have easily just burned and failed, you know, mm-hmm. on the other side, but mm-hmm. Durham it, uh, is well known in Greek patristics, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, I'd, so I'd done patristics, I didn't know anything about the New Testament world scholarship outside the U.S., and um, just had friends recommend Durham. Uh, John Barclay there is a good New Testament scholar, and since they already had the patristic side, it was just a, a perfect wedding of both sides for me. So it was the right time, right place. Um, 
you know, really God's providence just bringing it together. So a big movement in uh, theological studies these days is the reception history of the Bible. So how Christians, how the Bible has influenced Christian theology and was applied and used um, outside of uh, just the first century. And of course, I didn't know any of that. And so, uh, but essentially I was falling into something, an early, not necessarily an early movement, but earlier days in that movement. And so again, just providentially, lots of things came together that uh, I had no plans <laughs> for, but just worked out perfectly. So uh, that's how I ended up there. And, yeah, and it worked out well. Uh, so you're talking about uh, working there and finishing the project. Um, uh, what would I say about that? Because <laughs> well, you, because it in, you ended yeah. up publishing it in the Vunt series. Yeah. Is it, it, yeah. So is it dissertation straight to Vunt or dissertation do a little bit more research and then into the Vunt series? Or? Yeah. So uh, yeah, Vunt is. Um, a little bit more accepting than other series mm. and so uh, you know I think if you finish at a major research university then it's not I think the quality to pass out of that is usually the same quality Boone would expect uh, so I su submitted it to them they go through a peer review process um, and Marcus Bopmule was the examiner of that uh, on the more Zbeck side and sent back a handful of questions. So uh, asked me to add a, a section of a chapter that I hadn't, um, I'd actually done a paper on for a conference, but had just not put in the thesis. And so fortunately it, uh, you know, wasn't a, a huge hurdle that way. But, um, you know, other series like the, that's a New Testament series, for instance, the, out of Cambridge is much more rigorous. And, okay. Um, you know, so they only publish like five a year. More Z-Back will do about 15, you know, and so there's just a little bit more elbow room. We were talking about that earlier that uh, we're always looking for elbow room and uh, finding places to where there's not an oversaturation and things. And so, right. Mm -hmm. And for me, I mean, that's doing pitching studies here. I mean, my study could have just as easily been pitched as a uh, an early Christian, you know, so patristics. Uh, reception of Paul and, and that side and I think for me I was wanting to do a little bit more of a not just a descriptive study about what people have said about Paul but a prescriptive study that this provides actual helpful ways of reading Paul that, um, and so speaking as much trying to influence New Testament scholarship as I am just uh, describing what historically happened yeah that's great cool well, hey, I'd love to just ask about recent work that you put out on Zondervan this past year, uh, reading Romans in Context, of which you were an editor on that project. Um, you know, our listeners would love to hear, okay, so what's the genesis of that project? You know, how did that come about? Uh, what's the goal of that project? Um, besides the title, kind yeah, of giving that away, yeah, but yeah. overall, flesh that out for us and let us know why it's a valuable work from your perspective. Yeah. No, we're really excited about it. So there are three editors, myself and uh, Jason um, Mastin and John Goodrich. Uh, all three of us were at Durham together, uh, New Testament um, uh, PhDs there. And uh, John and I studied with John Barclay and Francis Watson, who supervised uh, Jason. But 
uh, one of the things that we noticed, and again, you know, coming out of seminary even, um, and definitely out of undergrad, I was basically, I mean, I was aware that there were 400 years between the Old New Testament and the Jews, you know, did and wrote things then, uh, but wasn't, you know, just clear on the context and what, what that meant, and especially, you know, whether it was relevant or Ill, irrelevant to the Bible, um, and but when I got to my PhD studies, everybody was doing Paul and something else. So mm. Paul and Wisdom of Solomon, or Paul and uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so uh, we were like, wow, there's a whole world here that, uh, you know, underexposed to. I wouldn't say unexposed, but underexposed to. And so the goal was to take Romans, and, you know, it's a, everybody reads Romans. And so um, as a starting point, and just go chapter by chapter and so we have about 20 chapters so some of the are smaller sections but um, and they take a explain the main idea of the Romans text but then also show that other Second Temple Jews so during that uh, intertestamental period were writing about the similar issues and sometimes Paul agrees with his other uh, contemporary Jews and other times he radically disagrees with them and so um, just like I was thinking today, uh, when we, you know, if you're talking about modern theology or something like that, or say the justification debates, I mean, if you only read um, N.T. Wright on this, you wouldn't get a full perspective because he's in a conversation with uh, Jimmy Dunn or uh, John Piper or Tom Schreiner or these other, you know, and so you need to listen to all the voices in the conversation to have a sense of what the fullness of why people say the things they do and so for Paul to talk in Romans he's uh, addressing Jewish issues and so it's great to have an idea of what's the other side of the conversation you know not an academic conversation but within the, the Jewish theological community uh, what are the main uh, you know some other voices there and so uh, the benefit is the all the chapters are short so they're six or seven pages long so you don't have it's to readable yeah, yeah that's the deal yeah it was, you know we intentionally said what's stick with the main idea and don't get lost in the minutia and so we're really pleased with the um, fact we just uh, just left a meeting with Zondervan to talk about doing a similar thing on Mark or possibly oh, Galatians great. So, yeah, great. Um, cause it's well so well received yeah so, it's excellent yeah yeah it's excellent mm-hmm. yeah so um, so that project's that project's in the can, so to speak. Yeah, yep, some one, yep. other ones coming up. Um, maybe, you know, what are some other projects that you're looking forward to, maybe that you're kind of slowly working on, if you can talk about it, or, and even maybe just dreaming, you know, what's what's the project you imagine yourself, you know, really doing, you know, maybe maybe it's a 15, 20-year vision even, yeah, but, yeah. you know, what's something that you really want to put out there for scholarship? Yeah, definitely. Um, so another one that will come out this next year is, uh, again, John, Jason, and I edited a volume on uh, called Paul and the Apocalyptic Imagination. And so, uh, again, with the Second Temple Judaism, it's this question of to what extent Paul reflects different strands of that and what does that mean? And so there's uh, this volume allows two different perspectives on what apocalyptic means for Jewish thinking and so and how uh, people within broadly those two camps would understand that and so it's a collection of essays with um, Martinez DeBoer and N.T. Wright kind of as 
showing two uh, main perspectives on that. And then so we have essays that kind of explore the uh, different con contextual things. So Second Temple Judaism, I, I wrote an essay in there on the second century, how second century Christians viewed Paul as apocalyptic. Um, we have an essay on Greco-Roman uh, views of apocalyptic thinking. But then the second half of the book is all about um, just doing exegesis. So if you're looking at a specific, you know, instead of just the big picture, which is great and very important, but also how do you read texts with these different lenses? And so we have a variety of scholars that just walk through that. So really that'll come out with Fortress Press next year. And so we're excited about that. Um, on a personal level, I think my next monograph, uh, hopefully, is to write a book about justification in Paul. So, of course, first question is, does the church need another book about justification <laughs> in Paul? Uh, uh, but I think, for me, the and even so, recently, N.T. Wright and his Paul and Recent Interpreters framed the his first main chapter in there is about the history of justification in a way. Mm -hmm. And really, the, the debate is... You know, it goes back to Luther and Calvin within the Protestant circles about is is it more just the forensic Lutheran vision, uh, which I would say is more has to do with Melanchthon and Lutheranism than Luther himself, because I think he has a stronger view of union with Christ than that. But um, or is it more the Reformed uh, vision that participation is the larger category in which uh, justification stands, and uh, and I think that's the question of. What does it mean to, to sort out justification and participation? And so, um, been some interesting voices on that of late. Uh, so Douglas Campbell or Michael Gorman, um, uh, more broadly, and then you know Con Campbell and um, Grant McCaskill Grant, have interesting yeah. ones as well. And I, I still think there's uh, just needs to be some more work to t tease that out. So mm -hmm. like. For instance, what's the role of the Spirit in justification? And so, like, if you look at Galatians two and three, it's justification, Holy Spirit, justification, Holy Spirit. And so, Paul clearly sees the Spirit as intertwined in that debate or that discussion. Uh, so, playing that out, um, question of resurrection and justification. So, again, uh, not a new topic there, but uh, just showing how that's much more central to Romans uh, themes. And so, uh, just playing that out in a collection of essays there that I'll, God willing, write over yeah. the next year, year and a half. Okay, so that's great. awesome. And my, I had to do a plug here, Erdman's is republishing my Christosis book. Oh, so, excellent. Uh, instead of a hundred dollars, which it's, it's not, gonna, it's not worth. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be about $20. Yeah, which, which is good. It's much more. Yeah. Uh, probably still more than it's worth. Yeah, oh, great. right. Well, and it's a good move for now personal libraries as opposed to yeah, just research libraries. Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah. 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 So What's the release date on that? As uh, it'll be sometime in the late spring and okay. summer of okay. 2016. Great. Okay, excellent. Look forward to that. Yeah, yeah looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, another question that, um, you know, really helps us kind of conclude podcast and really encourage listeners is, uh, now you're teaching in an undergraduate context, so maybe you can relate to that context. But if you had a student who's maybe a year away from graduation, uh, and they've come to you, they've taken some of your classes, they've done some reading, and and they have just an idea that they want to go on and do further studies, graduate, perhaps doctoral work as well. Um, meet them for two minutes. What's what's something that you would tell them that you would want to impress upon them uh, as someone who's looking to jump into the field? Uh, of early Christianity or maybe just broadly graduate studies yeah, in religion? 
Yes, I mean, I think there is the, we were talking earlier about uh, a number of New Testament scholars that do a lot of second century work. And so that's, uh, I think, a fruitful window into uh, not something necessarily separate from or distinct from just doing New Testament studies because a lot of the conceptualities that you get in the New Testament play out in the second century uh, and not in the same way. So, uh, you know, you have the Gnostic readings of Paul or Irenaeus or uh, the Acts of Paul and there, you know, a variety of readings there and, and they illuminate things that you see in the text that you wouldn't see otherwise that people uh, that are much closer and uh, cultural and philosophical and just um, spiritual realities there are closer to the what happened in New Testament and so provide kind of a, a different angle on reading the New Testament um, if you're thinking that side. Of course they're interesting and in just to read for themselves and the development of early Christianity and so it's not but it doesn't have to be either or. It's the, the nice thing that it may have in the past. Um, I think the other thing, when I was uh, left Washita, that went to a seminar there and uh, that impressed upon us, if you can do graduate study anywhere, you can do graduate study anywhere. So if you can succeed in, in any, I guess the level of graduate rigor is not always the same at every institution, uh, but it's similar enough. And so if you can succeed at an Oxford and Cambridge, uh, you can easily just succeed at a seminary or a, another university um, and vice versa. So uh, it's not necessarily the level of scholarship that goes on at different contexts. It's just uh, the what conversations you're having there. And so um, I think sometimes we undershoot on where we end up and uh, fortunately I had friends and uh, mentors that you know pushed me to to go to the you know one of the best universities in, in the UK uh, for Paul at the time at Durham um, you know and I may have undershot that before but and you know I think if you can do studies anywhere you can do studies anywhere now that doesn't mean you'll get accepted everywhere mm -hmm. of course I was turned down by other places as well so that uh, you know you find the right time right place kind of thing and um, but you know that was an encouragement and I think it's held on well um, yeah. yeah well good Ben this has been this has been great I appreciate you just taking a few moments to, to share with us and mm -hmm. Yeah, we look forward to those projects coming out in the future, hopefully in Zondervan, and uh, we'll be featuring uh, Reading Romans uh, in context, uh, both on our uh, ancientchristianstudies.com website uh, and soon in our journal, Fides and Humilitas. Uh, so we, uh, we look forward to further promoting your work, Ben, and uh, we hope to see you in the future and connect and uh, enjoy the progress that you make. Yeah, thank y'all for having me. This is great. I uh, just want to bless the work that you do. I think it's uh, great to pursue faith and uh, scholarship uh, fully at the same time. You know, it doesn't have to be in opposition to one another. So I think that's excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, and uh, take care. We'll see you next year. All right. Bye.